Mm, well, well, well. It's best show time. How are you? I'm good. My name's Tom. I'm the host of the best show this week. Uh, we've got an exciting program for you tonight. We are going to talk about the idea of meow out. And what does that mean? Well, what are the, it's, it's the times where you have left a movie, you walked out a movie, maybe a, a, a theater production, um, a movie, a theater production, a, a, a television series, family events. It could be real life things. Also the times where you're just like, yeah, I'm out. I can't do it anymore. Um, and what are those times? And yeah, let's talk about that. And you can call in at 201 3 That's the number 201-332-3484. And we are going to have some fun doing the old best show the way we do it, right? Just the way old grandpappy used to do it, right? Remember how grandpappy used to do the best show? Sitting down by the fire, right? Oh, uh, yeah, old grandpappy. Yeah, my grandfather was cool. Grandmother, not so much. But that's a story for another time. Let's start uh, the best show.
my. Oh me, oh my, right? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the best show. What's up? What's up? Remember those frogs? Budweiser frogs? They were cool. Who didn't like those Budweiser frogs? Wait, everybody didn't like them? I guess I'm, yeah, I didn't like them either. No, you're right. They were stupid. Yeah, I thought the Budweiser frogs were dumb too. No. I mean, look, I liked them. Did I have a shirt? Yeah, I did have a shirt. Budweiser frog shirt. They have a backpack. Yeah, I did. I have backpack. Budweiser frogs backpack. Um, did I have a um, thermos? No, I did not. I loved them though. Should have been a movie, Budweiser frog movie. Who could, who could who could do voice for the Budweiser Frog movie? Let's think. Seth Sophie. Rogen. Seth Rogen. Hey, I'm a frog. <laughs> now nah, a little too, a little too. I, it's got to be somebody you don't recognize. Like you, the voice is powerful, but you don't, you don't immediately just picture the celeb. What year? Voice. What year would this have been? Would this have been when it was popular, or now? right now? Right now. Right now. Okay. Yeah. Hugh Grant. You want Hugh Grant to be a Budweiser frog? Yeah. Mike, any thoughts? About that guy from Cheers. George Went. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking I can't believe I, I actually narrowed in on the one person. For, it's a, a gigantic cast. Cheers, the guy from Cheers. Yeah, and I just got George Went that easily. I proudly claim I've never watched an entire episode of Cheers. That's the whole thing. Look, oh, Mike, pains me to say this sometimes. <laughs> I'm right there with you, buddy. Frasier 2. Frasier 2? What, there's a sequel? Yeah, there was a oh, sequel. The first one. The first one was terrible. There actually another is a sequel. The only th- episode of Frasier I saw is the one where he fell off the stage. <laughs> it, was, it was 30 seconds long. Um, now, look, Cheers might be the most overrated show in, in history. I got no time for that. Sit around, watch these people do that. Man, no thanks. Mail, a mailman comes in. Okay. I don't know. Look, did I, did I watch it when it came out? Yeah, I did. I watched it when it came out. Did I like it? I don't think I did. I just think I accepted it as well. This is smart. This shows a little smarter than the usual sitcom. Was I laughing? No, I wasn't. I know that for a fact. I wasn't laughing. Did it make me feel slightly superior to be a kid into cheers? Oh yeah. (laughs) But did I actually enjoy it? I did not. I did not enjoy it. I was watching Cheers for the wrong reasons. Not unlike Rocky and then the on Rocky three when he's fighting for when Adrian's just like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And then he gets back to basics and he starts running on the beach. Apollo Creed. And then uh, the ghost of Mickey shows up and it's just like, come on, Rock. 
you could do it. And then the ghost of Apollo Creed shows up and they're like, wait, you don't die till the next movie. And he said, whoops. And then the ghost went away. Well, then the, the living Apollo Creed showed up. Yeah, I was watching Cheers for the wrong reasons because I wanted to be, I wanted to uh, be impressive. To who? I have no idea. Oh my God, what was I thinking? Who did I think I was really going to blow out of the water? Like kind of uh yeah, I don't like uh, shows like Full House or whatever dumb show it's on. I'm kind of more of a Cheers fan. Am I wrong? Anybody, anybody have an experience like that, Mike? Well, you just never watched it. I mean, look, at Frasier, I never, I was never even going to try Frasier. Are you kidding? That's like the most boring thing ever. Like those are people that you want to get away from in life. And now I'm going to let them in my home. Yeah. Like some egghead like that. Some like self-satisfied egghead. Ponderous. Ponderous. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) Some ponderous egghead. And I'm going to say like, well, let me hand, let me hand this ponderous egghead a half hour of my time. By all means. I'm supposed to laugh at like. That's one of those shows that would always make references to like Gilbert and Sullivan. Well, Gilbert and Sullivan, uh, it's like, it's like when on Star Trek, when they'd be like, we're going to do Gilbert and Sullivan. We're on the, we're on the hollow deck. We're going to do Gilbert and Sullivan. And it's like, why are you guys skipping over 600 years of, of other entertainment? They could be doing things at that point on, on Star Trek. They start doing a Beatles thing, and then people are like, that's 500 years old. What are you doing? All these things happened since then. But no, they got to do HMS Pinafore. I got to watch Worf run around doing the HMS Pinafore. Got to see, what's his face? Uh, uh, Seven of Nine doing uh, uh, the Marriage of Figaro. Thanks, but no thanks. Now it is ponderous, Mike. You're good with a. You're good with words. That's what. That's one thing I'll say about you. You're good with words. I watched uh, both Cheers and uh, Frasier, so this past five minutes has been pretty uh, hurtful for me. Hmm, okay. Well, so <laughs> just television. Is it? I said it again. It it's is, just it television. Is. It is just <laughs> Mike, television. Mike, you practically lived Cheers. We got this guy. You know what? Like, I mean, that's that's one of my chief criticisms. I mean, does anybody ever get drunk on that show? Oh, I mean, yeah. it, it, the clips I've seen, it, it seems like everybody's fairly sober. Norman slammed see. like every episode. Did people fall down? Yeah. People get sick. Hold on. People fall down on cheers. Norman's fallen fall down. down. Yes. Norman's fallen down m- many times. Did he crack his head? I don't. They didn't go that deep. Anybody barf in the bathroom, and then Sam had to clean it up. Yeah, yeah let me give you some uh, oh, coach real life had to go stories. In. You no. know, anybody barf in a urinal? They they, they would have said they, pro- they had to have. Anybody barf in a urinal? Yeah, <laughs> I've this seen that. Could, this guy couldn't make it five feet to the toilet. He barfed yeah. in a urinal at it's masses. Awful. Season two, mm-hmm. they bring in Mike. All right, guys, the show isn't real enough. We brought in someone to help. Help punch this thing up. Consultant. <laughs> I, I would have been a consultant on that show. Yeah. We're going to get down and dirty here, guys. Listen listen to this guy. You're going to need a guy that barfs in the urinal. 
I'm going to say this. I'm with Mike on this one. F cheers. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> now cheers blows. And I need anyone on the show to, 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 to make, uh, to, to recite a pat, to recite the cheers oath that I will never watch. No, seriously. Okay. Studio. Cheers oath. Studio. I'm watching season one right now. Okay, well, right now you're going to have to repeat after me. Oh God, I can't. Okay. Let's do it. I, I, Jason Woody O'Gore, Jason Woody O'Gore. Vow. Vow. Never, never to watch, <laughs> to watch. Cheers, cheers, Frazier, oh, Frazier, or any associated projects, or any associated projects till the day I die. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, so that means until on the, the day, day he I dies, die, he can binge a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. There goes what we're watching right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For him, well, that'll turn the, the the last day of his life into the best day. He can finally binge all that all that content. Exactly. You can finally say it's cheers time. Something to look forward to. <laughs> but then I'm about to I'm about to shuffle off this mortal coil. Yeah. Sorry. It's a warning to all, it's a warning to all my loved ones. The day yeah. I'm like, well, I'm gonna watch a lot of Cheers today. Sir, Suddenly the day you they have hear, 24 hours to live. Like Jason, what's wrong? The day they hear that, they're just like, and now I'm looking on Twitter. People don't do it. People are uh, people don't want you made the vow. You can never watch it again. I didn't hear anyone else in this crew take the vow, though. Oh, I didn't get to them yet. You were, you were the one flapping your lips most about Cheers. <laughs> I needed to send a message to everyone else. <laughs> no Cheers love on the yeah. show. All right. Now, Mike. Yeah. I need you to repeat after me. <laughs> okay. I. I. AP Mike. AP Mike. Will never. Will never. Ever, ever, listen, listen to the Grateful Dead. <laughs> the Grateful Dead, ever again, ever again. <laughs> Not even studio albums. <laughs> Not even studio albums. Except, except on Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, I'm allowed to listen to in in the dark. <laughs> I'm allowed to listen to in the dark. <laughs> or any Arista. Uh, Era Grateful release. Dead. <laughs> I don't think I've ever listened. No, I have listened to In the Dark once, I think. I was like, is, might as well give this a test. Is Dylan and yeah. the Dead one of those Arista? Oh, that's the, that's the real Punisher. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a bad one. Pat. Yo. Please repeat after me. Mm -hmm. I. I. Pat Byrne. Pat Byrne can never, can never, ever, 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 oh boy, ever, listen, listen to Manassas, <laughs> to Manassas, <laughs> or any Stephen Stills related project, okay, or any Stephen Stills related project, the Outside. golden ticket, 
outside of the realm of so far. Oh, man. Outside of the realm of so far. There you go. Yeah. All three of y'all made a commitment. I appreciate it. Y'all y'all gave up something that meant something to you. Dudio gave up Cheers and Frasier. Mike gave up Grateful Dead. Pat just gave up Stephen Stills records. Y'all just showed your allegiance. And I salute your shorts for that. Remember that show, Salute Your Shorts? Yeah. Fun show, huh? It was fun. Better than Cheers. It is better than Cheers. I will say that. Salute Your Shorts is definitely better than Cheers. Cheers is like Cheers is like if TV writers thought they were writing uh, Arthur Miller all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like a, it's like if a, a a guy who from a guy who wrote on Alice suddenly thinks suddenly thinks uh, he's he's Arthur Miller. But do you think that's the whole series though? Because that I I mean that makes sense for the Shelley Long years, but the Kirstie Alley was a little more like blue collar. Blue collar. Just like, you know, the average American, like a- away from like the Shelley Long, like hoity-toity, Harvard, that side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, but I also disagree. Okay. Look, you had a good run with it. You can still you can still sit back and reminisce about the episodes, <laughs> but you just can never watch them again. Can I? Can I read them? What do you mean? Read the scripts? Yeah. Can I read the scripts? Sure. Okay. Because I read the pilot the other night. You read the Cheers pilot? Yeah. Why? What if we reenacted the Cheers <laughs> pilot for an episode? An episode of what? <laughs> an episode. Yeah. An episode of what? Well, I mean, we could do it here. We could do it on the Patreon. That's true. The four of us reading... All of the different parts for now. This the... sounds like an attempt to get you to be able to watch Cheers again. No, somehow. I wouldn't need to. I wouldn't need to if our voices are filling that void. Now, Cheers sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know there's the people. I know the listeners who consider this to be sacrilege. But you know what? So be it. right sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name do you why do you want to go where everybody knows your name that's like the last thing i want to do i want to go where nobody has any idea who i am everybody knows your name oh a. I cannot imagine a worse fate than being somewhere where everybody knows your name. Spare me. Well, thankfully, Dudio, you'll be that much happier with cheers out of your life once and for all. Sure, you can reread you can and you can reread the pilot all you want. Just the pilot though. I can't do any uh, of the other scripts. No. Okay. Interior bar. <laughs> Sam pours out a, a Bud Light. Who's thirsty? Enters Diane. Um, yeah, I need a job. Well, get a job here at Cheers. <laughs> End of Act One. 
Act two. Carla enters angrily. I got stiffed by that last table. Norm, comma, a customer, parentheses, 40s, bedraggled, close parentheses. Why? Why'd they take, why didn't they take bed? Carla, I told them they were dumb. End of act two. <laughs> a mailman enters. Uh, in parentheses, 40, stupid. <laughs> cliff 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 okay this may be the most realistic note in the script so far you're yeah. on like but here's what's really uh very funny about this is you're not yeah. far from the pilot <laughs> you're no. pretty on story-wise with what happened um mailman says who wants some free mail uh Coach, old, dumb. I'll take some. End of Act Three. Act Four. Fraser Crane, a local, uh, a local. Uh, was he a scientist? Professor. A local professor walks into the bar. I haven't been at a place like this since I was a child. When I would often walk around pretending I was in a small world. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Frazier falls. <laughs> End of episode. There you go. That's cheers for you right there. I done boiled it down. Now you never need to read the pilot again. Never again. I'll just Never listen again. to that. I can listen yeah. to that again. I can like yes, clip it out, can. right? Okay. That you can listen. You can listen to that six more times. Okay. And then it will explode. <laughs> now look, you like Cheers? God bless you. That's your favorite show. I hope you're happy. I hope everybody has a party with it. That's not my laugh. favorite show. Or laughing it up to Cheers. Well, what's your favorite show? What's my favorite show? Yeah. Like right now. Yeah, right now. Detroiters. Okay. I agree. It's a great show. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. I'll watch, I'll watch Detroiters in place of when I would watch yeah, Cheers. You should. Detroiters is what Cheers should be, but isn't funny <laughs> what's the best laugh on cheers you ever had oh i can't remember i can i can remember the feeling you can oh, wait you can remember the feeling of what i can remember the feeling of that good laugh that i had you know like the <laughs> the warmth of a good laugh okay. was woody involved 
Probably not. No. No. From no. Toy Story. <laughs> no. <laughs> Woody Harrelson's character from. Yeah. Okay. No. Woody. Woody I know Woody. Coach. I know Woody Harrelson was on it. Yeah. I know that. But who was? Who did he play on the show? He played Woody. No, I know Woody Harrelson was on it. Who did? What was his character's name? The character's name was Woody. No, his real life name is Woody. Yeah, yeah, he's Woody, but he's Woody. Well, then that's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. They couldn't. These writers were so uninventive that they couldn't give this guy a name that wasn't his actual name. Well, they were sad the coach died. So, I don't recommend who's the boss for you, Tom. Wait, why is that now? Uh, just stay away from stuff with Tony Danza, I'd say. Oh, I do already. Don't worry. Taxi's good, though. I like the theme from Taxi. I love the theme. And me, I'm riding in my taxi. <laughs> getting tips. Getting stoned. I'm so high in my taxi getting stoned i'm going to clip that out and put it over the original credits oh, please taxi. do please do oh, i know the original taxis right bob yep. james bob james esp recording artist bob james same <laughs> label that put out the fugs and the gods and all of those things. Bob James put an early record out on ESP records. Albert Eiler and Bob James, same label. Did you know that? Anyone? Did anyone no. here know that? No, I did no. not know that. No. Did anyone also know that, um, you know, Tom Scott, the guy who was the, uh, the leader of the George Harrison band in 1974, was also the band leader on the... Um, the band leader on the Pat Sajak talk show or the Chevy Chase show? One of those. Two of my favorite talk shows. So look, enough of this ramble here. What is this? What, 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 what am I? Uh, uh, leave on helm with this ramble? <laughs> he did. He used to do the old midnight ramble. Late great Levon Helm, good actor too. I like when he acts in things. So as I was saying, tonight's topic, I'm out. I want to hear about those times that you saw a movie, and you were just like you, when you got up and you split. Or if you got personal versions, what's the time you were at Thanksgiving dinner and you're just like, yeah, I'm out of here. I can't take it. And then I want to hear why. What do you think? Let's take a, uh, let's, let's, uh, yeah. give me a call. Give me a short call. If this was Wawa, I would say, give me a shorty. Hello? Hello. Hi, best show. Hi, Tom. It's Kelly from Fargo. Who? Kelly from Fargo, K-E-L-L-Y. Kelly, how are you? I'm not bad. How are you? I'm good. How are things in Fargo tonight? Um, kind of chilly and windy. 
nice. chilly and windy. Yeah. It's about that time of year, though, where, well, right? Yeah, but it was really unseasonably warm up here for a lot longer this month than it usually mm-hmm. is. So you kind of got so lulled into a, a sense of false security. Yeah, but I didn't like it. It felt unnatural. So you feel better about it being a little cooler now, a little windier? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you're, well, then, then you're suited for, for Fargo weather. Oh, definitely. For sure. So to what do I have the pleasure of this call, Kelly? Well, I was thinking about your topic and I was thinking about one of the few scary movies that I actually walked out of, um, cause I thought it would, was seasonally appropriate. Um, I actually walked out of the conjuring, the first one. And the first conjuring, you walked out of that? I walked out of it. And I'll tell you why. Because okay. I thought the backstory that they gave the ghost lady was too stupid. And so I had to leave. Now, this is conjuring. This is the Annabelle movies. Um, the Annabelle ones are like part of it. Well, I mean, it's the world. I'm saying it's the conjure. It's the conjure. That world. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The ones that, that cover the the Ed and Lorraine Warren stories, those. Mm-hmm. And I was first just one, so, I, I thought it was so gotta, stupid that I couldn't watch it. Kelly, I gotta say, I like that first Conjuring movie. You know, I didn't walk out of it because it was bad. That's not the reason. You just thought the ghost thing was too dumb. I thought, I didn't like the way they tied it to the Salem Witch Trials because I was like, mm-hmm. this is supposedly based on reality. But you're saying that this this ghost woman was supposedly related to one of the witches who got hung during the Salem, or, or um, burned during the Salem, oh, yes, hung during the Salem witch trials. But, you know, they weren't actually witches, right? <laughs> like, I mean, so mm-hmm. it just really bugged me. And I was like, I was um, there with my now husband, um, mm-hmm. Ben from Fargo. And I was like, Ben, let's get out of here. And he was also happy to leave because he doesn't like scary movies, which he hadn't mm-hmm. told me yet. But so he was anyway, he was putting was, on a brave face. He was putting on a brave face. He was just being nice <laughs> because he knows I like scary movies, but he hadn't mm-hmm. yet told me that he didn't really like scary movies. Sure. So what's a so what's a scary movie you do like? Um, let me see. I, I just watched. Um, I I do like seventies horror quite a bit. Um, okay. I just watched um, some Mario Bava films. Um, Sorry, what like did I you watch? Watched, um, Mario Bava, the Italian director. Oh, Mario Bava. Okay, I thought you said Marlo Bava. I was not sure what you said. Which ones did you watch? I watched um, Kill Baby Kill. I watched um, Black Sabbath. I watched mm-hmm. uh, Black Sunday. And I watched, okay. I think, um, Blood and Black Lace, I think it was called. Mm. You're, covering all the black, you're covering all the black movies there, huh? Yeah. Fair amount of Black Lace, Black Sabbath, right? Yeah. Have you seen those? 
I have not. I'm I'm not I'm not well versed in in his movies at all. It's it's a blind, mm. definite blind spot for me. Mm. Well, look, horror is not my horror is not my number one default go to thing. I sometimes I'm just too stressed out and I get scared. Oh, okay. See, I like it because it makes me feel less stressed. Watching horror. Like, yes. Like all the anxiety is is just kind of projected onto the movie you're watching, and it's just. I, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. But sometimes I just I, I I I carry the stress of it. I understand. But I'm I too scared, and then I like to watch a show that's like simple to calm me down, or a movie to calm me, like something that's just as 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 like easy to digest as possible. <laughs> like Ted Lasso, Tom? No, I can't watch that either. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's something, there's something that freaks me out about that show. It's very positive. It's it. very enjoyable to watch. It's un- undeniably enjoyable to watch. It's not going to suddenly be like, oh, Ted Lasso is not so hot. That's no, a well-made show. It's good stuff. Right. Just not, Just not for me necessarily. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I will someday. You, you'll get there. You'll yeah. get there someday. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, thanks for taking my call, Tom. Of course. Thank you for calling. I know I'm not the most exciting caller. You're a top-notch caller, and don't you ever say anything contrary to that. Well, you know, I know what I am. So, anyway. Oh, I'm I, I'm I'm Tom, the one controlling the phones, and I like what you bring to the table. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Tom. Okay. Well, you have a great night. Well, happy Halloween. Oh, happy Halloween to you too. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Me, I'm riding in my taxi, taking tips. And getting stoned, I fly high when I'm stoned. You know what I'd say to that? Uh, please let me know uh, when you're going to be high in your taxi. I'll walk. Have you ever gotten a taxi and that song Taxi by Harry Chapin was playing? Eeks, get out. Got out. Yeah, so we're going to have a fun show tonight. Maybe got a surprise coming up, hopefully. We'll see. You ever have those things where you're just like, we might have a surprise, I'll believe it when I when it happens. I'd rather a thing be a nice surprise than hype it. And then... Have it not happen. I like nice surprises. You know what I mean? Me, I'm riding in my taxi. Maybe we'll play that in a little bit. We'll play taxi. Let's see, we might have a, do we have a surprise coming? We have a surprise imminent. We'll see if this happens. I'll believe it when I, when it happens. At least I don't have to run out into the street and look for their car. 
That's true. Like your hero, Tommy Stinson. <laughs> yeah. Man, we got jobbed big time over on Double Threat, my other show uh, that I do with Julie Klausner, superstar Julie Klausner. We had John Kassir was supposed to come on, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And like Radiohead said, high and dry, baby. High and dry. We got we got left high and dry on that one. Yikes. Not good. So now I'm a little gun shy. I'm gun shy on everything. Yeah. But if it doesn't happen, they'll never know. But that's the whole thing. If it doesn't happen, they'll never know. I'll say on this one, though, if this one doesn't happen, I'll cry. John Casira, John Casira could, uh, I, I could take or leave. Tommy Stinson, whatever. What did the guy do? Boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? <laughs> it did, did. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. They play nightclub jitters. Boom, 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 boom. So, uh, yeah, good times, good times. Sorry, everybody, for figuring this out or for not for me a little less uh, chit chatty this second as we wait to see if something happens. Um, coming up on the show, we got the best show book club, which we're going to record very soon, and we will figure out all of the pieces for that. And it's going to be exciting. Best show book club. What book are we talking about? Well, it is Nothing But a Good Time, the oral history of 80s hair metal. It'll be fun. We're going to try to get the, hopefully get the authors involved. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It could be, a, it should be a good time. Nothing but a good time. It'll be nothing but a good time, right? Just like they said. We'll do that, and that'll that'll be that'll be fun. And then we'll got to pick the next book out. Studio, you have any? Mike, you had an idea for the next book, right? What were you saying? Little Stevens book. Little Stevens book. I mean, I read one chapter, and it's just like so off the wall. I mean, uh, I, I think it would be a good uh, a good choice. I'd like that. Maybe we try to do it. And what's it called again? Studio, you want to say the name? <laughs> it's uh. <laughs> <laughs> little afraid here to say it before so mike doesn't jump all over me uh unrequited infatuations is that what it is yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go i said unrequited and mike was all over me all over yeah no this guy's a real wordsmith a real wordsmith how dare you but you'll never forget it now right i never will no so i spared yeah. your future embarrassment no, you, you should have been a teacher you should have been a teacher mike i almost was Hold on a second. What? Shot down. Shot down. Who shot down? NYU's School of Education. But you wanted to be a teacher and it got shot down at the school of NYU shot it down? Well, this was how naive I was. I mean, I, you know, I didn't know how things really worked. And I thought you majored in the subject that you wanted to teach. Mm -hmm. So I was an English teacher. I mean, English major. Mm -hmm. And... They did have a program, you know, but it was, you know, in, in the other schools, in the school of education. 
And okay. so, so I would be an outsider trying to get licensed, you know, certified mm-hmm. to teach. But the guy who ran the program, basically there was me and another guy who were doing this from outside the school of education. And he, he basically ran us out of the program. I mean, I, 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 the first class I did all right. And then I took the second class where you sort of tutor a person one-on-one and, uh, but he had like a little catch that if you didn't get a B, you got an F, you know, which was like his little, what? Yeah. It it was like a little racketeering thing he had going. Mm -hmm. So of course, you know, I did the work. I didn't deserve an F. I think I got a B minus or whatever when he, I had to, I had to grovel with him basically to get Mike, Mike, I just going to ask you to put the story on hold for a second. Sure. Okay. Can we go to the hotline? Okay, sure. Um, Being told on the hotline, we have uh, a guest. We have uh, a very, very, something I'm a huge, huge fan of great director. And his latest movie is just perfect. Uh, we have Todd Haynes on. Hello. Hey, <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you taking some time. And I know you your time is limited. So, Todd, you just say to me, I'm going. When, okay. you're, when you're done, we're done. All right. I appreciate it. One weird yeah. thing is I've had just crazy... Uh, Wi-Fi stuff going on today. I can't. Every time I try to make a phone call, <clears throat> it's it's shut down. So, fingers crossed. I have three we'll, bars right now. Okay, room. we'll do so we'll do what we can. We'll do. Now, what we Todd, can. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on the show. I just want to say, I'm a huge fan of your work. This Velvet Underground movie, I've seen it twice in the theater and oh, watched wow. it at home also. I, I am I, I am completely devastated by how perfect it is. <laughs> Tom, that's super. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. It means a lot. I mean, Thank you so much. <laughs> when you go and take on a subject like this, which is, this must be the scariest thing imaginable because this is, this, this band is like sacred for, for so yeah. many people. Well, yeah, you know, of course. I mean, I kind of had to shut my my mind to that and just, you know, realize that I am a very lucky guy. I am being asked, you know, via Laurie Anderson to to do a documentary film about the Velvets um, and that John Cale agrees to, you know, participate in and Mo Tucker, who we finally connect with, agrees to participate in and. And, and I think what I realized right away is that there, were, there would be inherent challenges, unbelievable challenges in how to visualize this, <clears throat> this, this music, right, and this story, because the band does not reside in all of the places that you'd expect to find any, you know, most rock documentary subjects, promotional footage and concert, live concerts and all that stuff. But I, re- but at the same time, I knew, I knew that this was what made this particular um, project so um, 
absolutely unique and special because I would need to rely on the cinema of Andy Warhol and of the avant-garde uh, filmmaking that was that was surrounding this band's um, you know life and and coming into being and and that this was this incredibly rich and fertile time and place in New York mm-hmm. and that there was all of this visual material that we could use to, to try in some fashion to, to sort of stir up what it might've been like to, to have been there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, you structured it in such a, it's it, the bar is so high on this in terms of how you're going to tell the story and the, going through the art version and New York before everything kind of popped, no pun intended. Yeah. You, um, yeah, right. you structure it so that it's like these two, icebergs of one is rock and roll and one is the avant-garde and they're both just heading toward each other and like this this collision that everybody knows is coming and then when they hit it's just like the movie just it's 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 just so amazing yeah i mean it was partly it was my own our own curiosity about <clears throat> where where the sound came from, where the, where the different musical influences that were leading John Cale and Lou Reed um, in their own sort of paths that were not expecting to find each other. It was a, you know, it was kind of like as, as Tony Con- as Tony Conrad says, like a, um, an unbelievable accident, a miracle, you know, that, that, um, that there was this collision and yet you also see all of these instincts being played out on both sides of that divide, those two icebergs, as you say, that are, that are interested in rejecting what's been done before in one way or the other. And even if Lou Reed, you know, heard Dylan and was like, okay, I can bring poetic content <clears throat> and sensibility to songwriting and rock and roll, but my content is going to take me somewhere else that he as an exporter even thought about. And he would eventually like tune all of his, you know, the strings of the guitar, guitar to the same note when he played the ostrich as the primitives for, mm-hmm. um, for um, Pickwick Records, which is in a way what John Cale was doing with Lamont Young, playing a single note in a duration and hearing all of the resonances within that and what that does within the, the musical expression. So they were both, you know, they were definitely doing it in different ways and with different cues and different influences and inspirations. But, but there were also, there was so much interesting rejection of the status quo, rejection of what had been done before. But, you know, what's crazy to me is like how much they were also rejecting all the, stuff that was going on all around them in the 1960s, which was such an innovative time. But these guys mm-hmm. kind of had to say, had to create this attitude of saying no to it and, and hauling off together and feeling and, and almost erecting that kind of disdain that Kale describes as a creative, uh, you know, process practice mm-hmm. that would get them somewhere together. And I know that, shooting heroin together further isolated them from the world and further made them 
feel like it was them versus the re- against the rest of the world. All of those things were feeding and fueling the artwork that they were trying to find together, you know? So Absolutely. yeah, it's the most amazing time. It's just like, a cr- and to be d- making this film as we're coming out of the Trump era and entering into the COVID era, you know, it just deepened the, the value of, of, of what, what this time represents and particularly today and what we could learn from it and hopefully like just feel a little bit of its energy and its, um, reverence and, 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 you know, creative spirit and all that. Absolutely. What, what are, what are things that going through all of these, this archival stuff of either visual or audio, like what are some, what are some revelations and surprises that just kind of knocked you back? I think it was like a lot of things that we were following. I was following my instincts, my editors, Afonso Gonsalves, who I've worked with on many films now, and Adam Kernitz, who I'd never worked with before, but Fonzie and Adam had worked together on the Stooges, Jim Jarmusch's Stooges doc, and mm-hmm. had a great, Fonzie had a great experience working with Adam, and I met him and talked. Oh, no. Todd Todd <laughs> It's it's still showing his number on uh line 5 Hang up so he can call back if he's going to call back Okay <laughs> Oh, why, why, why do you forsake me, technology? Oh, (laughs) my dream, my dream. My dream. Hello? 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 Hey, oh, it's Tom. Hey, Tom. How are you? Oh, so you were just I saying, know. you were saying your editors, you had, yeah. they worked on the on the Stooges doc. On the Stooges doc. And um, we were uh, sort of following our instincts, you know, and I would be, and I was like, okay, Lamont, we have Lamont Young describing this drone experience and, and, and John, on John Cale as well. And, and how then Jonas Mikas takes Andy Warhol to see a Lamont Young concert. And, and then all of a sudden the next thing people know is, is Andy Warhol is working in these long form films, silent films, Kiss, Mm -hmm. Um, sleep, kiss, and then empire. And, but it, so, so we're like, of course, we're going to play the drones and we're going to show these images from these films. But it wasn't until you literally see them 
you hear the music and you see the images and you have this sense where you're making the discovery yourself as to how one medium of art is informing the other. And that's, that became sort of like the, you know, the example that I wanted the film to make as much as possible for a viewer, which was like, you're, yes, there's an oral history. Yes. There's a, you know, all these great interviews we have and they're telling you the story, but I wanted you to feel like you were letting the images and the music lead the experience. And the, mm-hmm. and the words were almost behind your own discovery process. So yeah. that, that was one example. Another was just like watching a screen test in its duration for the first time. I'd never, I'd seen. Oh my God. Right? We've all seen. The, it, the way that you have Lou staring, like trying to yeah. like, in like a staring contest with the camera. Yeah. I was like, I was like rattled when, when, when I saw that for the entirety of it, because it really is like a, he's challenging the camera. He is. It's like a two and a half minute, you know, piece of living portraiture where somebody is breathing and blinking and, 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 and existing on film in front of you. Yeah. And then and you have Kale look so beautiful, but he Kale. is just looking at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Like, and then, and then the slightest, you know, gesture, the slightest tick of the head, you, the viewer, you read a response as if he's responding to something in the frame next to him that's telling the story of his childhood with all these, you know, clips from avant-garde film. And, and you also feel like they're kind of witnessing the documentary itself being told and it pulls you both out of it and deeper into it at the same time. But, yeah, things like that. I just, I, I think letting these image, these these films play out. Mm-hmm. In the, and in it must, it, w- it must have been fun to play, kind of like you got to do your own version of Chelsea Girls in a way. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. That's where the, you know, the inspiration came from. And every time Chelsea Girls, for people who don't know, it's Warhol's most famous, you know, famous, well, critically well received of his avant-garde films before Morrissey, Paul Morrissey was pretty much directing the narrative versions of them with Joe D'Alessandro later in the, in the end of the sixties and seventies. Um, but it's a dual projector movie where two, three and a half hour, um, series of two films are being shown next to each other. And even though projectionists are given, you know, precise instructions about when to start the second projector, like four and a half minutes after the first projector starts, start the second one. Every time that those two projectors play it, it's going to be off a little bit. It's never going to be Absolutely. the same. So the way one frame speaks to the other frame is always going to be slightly different. And, and the viewer is going to be there to bring it to life. Cause you'll be yeah. seeing these connections. It'll only be happening for your you know version of seeing that film. It's, it's, yeah, it's just really, I, I actually had heard from my, my friend Ronnie said that the, um, that when Warhol actually was not as hung up on the timing of Chelsea girls as, right. as, as maybe through, as through time and the estate yeah. maybe was a little more precise with it. Yeah. I mean, they tried to be specific about it. Uh, Rick Linkletter actually circulated a video version of it 
to friends for a Christmas present, so he, he sent me one. And, and Rick has actually been sending me copies of Warhol films that he would do, you, you know, in the old days on VHS tape, from prints that he would show at the Austin Film Society. And mm-hmm. but he sent this DVD of, of uh, Chelsea Girls, and it included what uh, a typewritten uh, page that was circulated to projectionists, which sounded very, very specific. But um, I think Andy was always kind of looser and and open to the accidental, you know, than people may may know. And that's kind of the beauty that gets lost, I think, now with Warhol is a little bit is, first of all, the radical aspect of, of Warhol's work. And just the there's like a there's an exciting energy and chaos to stuff that I think yeah. maybe those edges get sanded off a little bit. Exactly. Like a controlled chaos, but it but with a tremendous sense of uh, kind of conjuring, um, you know, the affect from the people mm-hmm. around him and and creating a space where people felt safe try all kinds of things and and that 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 was communicated by everybody i talked to who who was there was um even if you know amy talbot would bring up really interesting things about the hierarchy of beauty that a woman might feel in the factory and i'm sure young men felt objectified by that eye because everybody was sort of vying for the camera and the lens and wanting to be selected for the next you know film mm-hmm. or screen test or whatever it might be. But, but as John Cale, and he's talking about it like a playland of acceptance and, and, a, and, and a task master who really wanted people to be producing work all the time. That's mm-hmm. what they did. And, and so they were, they were using amphetamine, but they were using it to fuel this constant productivity and then go out to parties at night. And, you know, yeah. like, come on, and that's like having, that's really having it all. In a, in a, yeah, that kind of sounds like, like the best version of <laughs> anything ever. Of what, of the, exactly, totally. You, you always pick, not always, often throughout your filmography, you have these kind of unknowable characters at the center of the movie, you know, whether it's safe or, you know, you know obviously I'm not there or Velvet Goldmine. And this is almost like the mother of unknowable characters for me is just yeah. Lou Reed is it's like, you know, everything and you know, nothing. Exactly. And I do, I do think him not being here, you know, look, I, if he was alive, I would have wanted to interview him. <clears throat> no question. He would have been the first person I would have gone to for this. And and it would have been a different film. There's no question it would have been a different film than what it was, what it is. But he isn't. And, um, and I do think there's something about that structuring absence and, and a kind of yearning for him that, that the film maintains um, simply by that fact. Um, and that I think serves the sort of power and the what's enigmatic and unmasterable about this music and this band. Mm-hmm. And it should never be something that you could just reduce down to a couple of lines. It should remain um, mysterious and infinite. And, um, 
and unknown. And, 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 you know, I think what's amazing about the music is it still sounds like it was, it still sounds like an experiment that just happened yesterday. Like it has that vitality, which is, which is rare, obviously. And um, for music, it's finally has become as well-known ultimately. And, oh, and you, as it has. you, you, as, as somebody who, this is my favorite band, you did right by them to a degree that I will forever be uh, appreciative of. So I really do thank yeah. you for that. And um, I know you're, you're uh, busy and I just also want to thank you for your time. And I also want to say, look, I didn't, un- I missed the boat on I'm not there when it came out and I want to officially bow before you and say, I was wrong. You were right. <laughs> I get it now. Sometimes I'm not so smart. And this is one of the cases where I'm not so smart. All of these subjects are, uh, we all have really personal relationships too. And that's great. That's what's amazing about them. And I took a, I tried to take a a non-reductive view of Dylan and multiply Mm -hmm. and have the film be an argument among different sides of him and selves that he, that he produced and, and that he, that I felt he really was, um, arguing and, 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 and disavowing who he was yesterday, but not for some big grand, you know, project or concept as much as, although I loved what that said about identity, it's usually what interests me is people who resist against a sort of stable, reducible notion of self or whatever. But I think it was also just simply to clear the air for the basic need, which is for him to always keep making stuff and Mm -hmm. writing songs. And the pressure to be Bob Dylan in the 1960s was so enormous and so, you know, um, confining and limiting and terrifying, I would think, that you have to almost aggressively push away the expectation each time. And mm-hmm. I think that it was partly just simply a survival mechanism for him. Yeah. To keep, well, well, to keep well, I had not pushed away enough of my baggage <laughs> when I saw it the first time. So hey, I put, it took well, me about 13 years to push it away. I did push it away, and now I'm on board. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate well, it. Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, yeah, thanks again for this movie. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, take care. I'll talk soon. Yeah. Talk to you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that was exciting. That happened, right? Did that happen? It happened. Look at that. I think I held up my end of the deal, right? Todd Haynes won, Tommy Stinson zero. Yeah. No, Todd Haynes won million. Tommy Stinson zero. No, that was great. <laughs> I appreciate everybody that helped make that happen. Lance and Lance Bangs, Kelly Reichert. I appreciate everybody that helped out. So thank you. Um, no, that was a real treat. And he's, uh, that movie, I tell you, that movie, you see it in the theater, it sounds like within 15 seconds of seeing it in a movie theater, you're like, yeah, this is the right way to see it. So that was really awesome. And yeah. What do you think, Mike? Great get. Great get. Not like you're, and I wanted to say this. <laughs> let's just, let's just get, let's just get this over with right now. For the last few days, you've been tweeting at somebody who claims to be 
John Hinckley and trying to get him to come on the show. Just stop. Yeah. Don't, I don't want look. What are you doing? Two theater of the absurd for you. Oh no, no. <laughs> two, two, two. He shoots people for me. Do we know it's him for sure? Oh, I, I don't know. know. Oh, look, I don't I mean, know. He, he seems I to have access to a lot of indie rock. <laughs> Which makes it seem so as if. Which I thought would go, be a good connection for you. I'll go set him up over at Pitchfork then. Let him write reviews for Pitchfork. <laughs> yeah. John Hinckley reviewed the new Boards of Canada record. Um, no. Mike. Let, let it, it go. Let it. Let it go. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to let him on the show. If it was, Look, if it was him. Oh, look. I'll say this, Mike. I get yeah. what you're doing with it. First of mm. all, uh, if did you smile not, at least? Did I get a smile out of you? Did you get a smile? A smirk? Um, a little? No, you got something. Half out a smirk? Of me. No, you got something out of me. Look, okay. <laughs> you're trolling. Look, if he's the monster that is John Hinckley, uh-huh. then you're trolling. Then you're trolling a monster. That's that's uh-huh. whatever that is. I get my little digs in though. You get your, you do get you your know. digs in with. Oh, we see, we see him. I'm not, I'm not ingratiating myself to him. No, you're not. I'm you're not, not groveling. Like you, you're not groveling. You're not acting like you think he's cool. But also, <laughs> uh-huh. it, it would, it sucks, and I don't want him anywhere near the show. <laughs> you know, a hundred right. miles of the show. All right. Because, because if it's really him, he's just a. Can I still try trash. to get him to follow me? He doesn't follow anybody. Oh, you do whatever you want. You want to get him to follow you? You get him to follow you. First of all, do you really think you really think John Hinckley is talking about car seat headrest? On it's yeah, I I I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, the internet is a bizarre place, right? Yeah, but look, uh, I don't want him on the show. He sucks. <laughs> all right, but also, have you actual- listened? Have you listened to his music though? Like, have you listened to to one of his one of his songs? It sounds like nothing. It's like bad church music. Mm -hmm. It sounds like nothing that anybody who listens to car seat headrest or, Mm -hmm. or you know, name drops the Velvet Crush would ever even write. Somehow he had a band. He had a band. I don't know if it's just a backing track that he he sang over. I mean, the first song is Mm -hmm. is with a band, Mm -hmm. and then I think the other ones are just acoustic. But it's I mean, uh, John Wilkes Booth's uh, grandson <laughs> on drums. Is that what it is? <laughs> Charlie Gateau's Well, yeah, I was, was going to kind of ask what the name of his band was, and yeah, we could have had some fun with that. We could have had some fun with that. <laughs> Just hear you. Hear, hear how that sounds. We could have had some, yeah, good old time, huh? <laughs> good old what else are you supposed I, to do on twitter Mike? i mean it's a, it's an absurd place so i try to amp up the absurdity of it some people don't get it hey that's their deal you know to each his own mike i'm just saying i don't want him on the show okay that's all message received oh look i appreciate and this is the thing this is what hurts i see the spirit with which you're trying to get a booking for the show <laughs> I, I thought it would it. be a high-profile guest. That's exactly it. I oh. see the sp- I see the fire in your eyes. I don't think that. he's he's spoken to anyone since he's been uh, paroled. You know, I don't yeah. think he's given any interviews. So I think it, w- it would even make national news. Well, he was on comedy Bang Bang, <laughs> <laughs> but he was in character. He was playing another character. character. I missed yeah. that one. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. No. Well, I actually do have some of his music here. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's check it out. Ever since it hasn't been the same <laughs> You say you're sorry We got off on the wrong track Next thing I know There's a knife in my back Friendship's kind of crazy With a two-faced little squirrel like you Wow John Hinckley John yeah. Hinckley Very <laughs> impressive uh-huh. Yeah, that guy clearly listens to the Neutral Milk Hotel <laughs> No, that was AP Mike Studio. Oh, wait, that wasn't John Hinckley? <laughs> no. Really? Well, that's just, I don't know what to say now. Yeah. Oh, I got to defend Mike as much as I'm, 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 maybe, <laughs> I'm trying to trash Mike here. Now I'm I got to defend. Pretty sure that was the guy that uh, attempted a shooting. Now, look, this guy sucks, John Hinckley. Launch him into space. Duly noted. Duly noted. Look, and again, I appreciate the spirit, Mike. You're trying to get a booking, but just let's go for people who don't shoot at people. <laughs> okay. For future bookings. Let's yeah, just Arthur go Bremer. For... Uh, I, I looked up Arthur Bremer on Twitter, and I, there's somebody pretending to be him. It's obvious it's not really Arthur Bremer. I think uh, Arthur Bremer uh, is offline. Who do you think would be a good, who do you think, Pat, who do you think you could get? Who would it be a get you could chase down for the show? You know what? I'm, I'm out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, man. You got me. You got me for a second. <laughs> I meant to say that earlier when uh, you guys were in the middle of of it a few minutes ago. But uh, I actually have a list of people I, I want to try. Let me, pull, okay. let me pull up the list. Um, best show dream guests. Okay. Uh, Spike Lee is on here. Huge. That'd be huge. Um, David Chase. Ah, the master. Let's see here. Let's see here. Michael Caine is on here. Amazing. That'd be amazing. These aren't, these aren't like, you know, people I think I can get, but I would, I mean, I could try. David Chase, David Chase is a movie he's still trying to promote. I mean, it's not impossible. Spike Lee's always doing stuff. I mean. Yeah. Um, speaking speaking of David Chase, yeah, yeah, I've been watching a, a lot of uh, the Rockford Files lately. Oh, that which mm-hmm. he wrote on, yeah. And I've become quite fond of uh, the character Angel, played by Stuart Stuart Margolin. Margolin. Yeah. And I Come saw on, that he, Jimmy, Jimmy, what are you doing to me, Jimmy? Jimmy, you got to help me out. I saw that he was on a, a, another podcast uh, recently. Stuart Margolin was? Yeah. Um, actually, I'm blanking out. Angel was always begging Rockford for help. Jimmy, help me out, Jimmy. You got to help me. You know, but, leave uh, him alone. You know leave who else alone. was on this list? Ah, come on, Angel. What do you want? He was always so mad. Remember? Remember, Mike? Yes, yes. He was always so mad at he Angel. He was always scheming. Angel's um, always dragging him into different messes. <laughs> I just saw a good episode 
where, you know, some of the schemes, I have to admit that sometimes I don't know that all the schemes on Rockford really make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I don't know if they, they are even trying to make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just watched an episode, season three, where part of the scheme, you know, uh, Angel had gotten, gotten uh, you know, cheated on this real estate scheme. And part of the way of uh, Rockford getting him out of the mess was to commit him to a mental uh, hospital. And then, you know, so it's like, sometimes the show just takes these bizarre turns mm-hmm. and it's like, this, you know, you know, none of it makes sense, but they sort it out in the end and you're just like left shaking your head. No, uh, I, but- it's, it's kind of the way that you, that's the fun of Rockford Files is you go where it goes, kind of. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a great episode that David Chase wrote, the creator of The Sopranos wrote. It basically has to do with a diamond that's being held on a, that's being hid, hidden in Rockford's uh, grill. That's a good episode. Yeah, I haven't seen that and, one. And it kind of captures the spirit. You can see how it has this, the, 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 like a slightly freewheeling quality to it that he would later be, would be exactly what the Sopranos would be all about. I've just started season three and I'll say this, you know, this is where David Chase comes in. The, the bad guys, there's a noticeable uptick in the sort of tough guy stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, gets a little more, you know, uh, violent uh there is some sort of uh organized element behind some of the the schemes so mm-hmm. i don't know if he he brought that to the show but it it it, it did sort of become noticeably uh sort of a harder show after season two mm-hmm. i think that's just my opinion just starting out in season three the uh yeah i got i'm i just started i just watched the pilot the other day actually mm-hmm what is this on is this on pluto what i've i've never even i've never seen an episode the sopranos you ever (laughs) seen an episode of the sopranos i mean you believe this guy the rockford files come on this guy oh jesus pat well actually pat 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 yes the pizza come pat 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 yes pat Pat, can you believe this guy? Oh, come on. Studio never saw an episode of, of Sopranos. Uh, I've rewatched The Sopranos many. I watched the pilot of that the other day. You said, I'm talking about the Rockford the, Files. Were you guys watching The Sopranos on Pluto TV? <laughs> uh, no, on uh, try HBO Max. <laughs> try HBO Max. <laughs> you know what? You know, it's a pretty good giveaway where you can watch it is the thing from the beginning of the of, uh, Sopranos where it goes. It's HBO. I, I meant the the Rockford Files. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. We should have said that. I thought we were still talking about the Rockford Files. Yeah, no, I watch Rockford Files on Pluto TV. No, I have no idea where. Yeah, it's on see. Peacock. It's on Peacock. Okay, yeah. then I'm going to watch. I've never we watched it. Also, uh, Gilbert Gottfried had Stuart Margolin on his podcast. Of course, that so, makes perfect sense. So I wonder if we can pack used as uh gilbert connect right 
I'm pretty sure we can make a run right at Stuart Margolin. <laughs> that we just need we can we just need to figure out what where he eats lunch. And I'll just I'll just go there. Okay, because he's he, I, he's not on Twitter. Um. Yeah. He. I. I think we can track down Stuart Margolin. Um. Dude, you're going to start watching the sopranos now for the first time that's very exciting <laughs> very first time you're gonna check it out uh yeah there's a character you might like on the show his name's tony soprano <laughs> you should like, check him out. is he one of the main ones or supporting he's kind of the main the lead on the show he'd be first on the call sheet oh okay um yeah you should check out tony soprano because it's the last name of the family well, really? Yes. You know, it's a funny thing is when you watch the pilot for The Sopranos, which Dudio is going to do soon, which is very for the exciting. first time. Yeah, very exciting. Um, in in the premiere episode in the pilot, when they're walking through the nursing home that they're trying to send uh, Grandma Soprano to, or whatever her name is, what's her name again? Granny. Granny. They're trying to send Granny there. And um, what what is the TV playing? Rockford Files. Like you hear the theme music, like old people in the in the home are watching Rockford Files. A little tribute to his uh, to his past. Can somebody tell me the name of the episode that has the diamond in it and the grill? Because I think that's a good one for Dudio to start with. All right. We got any calls, Pant? Full house. Besho, hi. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I'm good. Who's this? This is Derek in Montana. Derek in Montana. We got Fargo called in tonight. Now we got Montana calling in tonight. Yeah, and really, you're getting some you some some pretty wild coverage from that part of the country. Yeah, I don't. You think Todd Haynes? You think Todd Haynes accepted my apology for not getting "I'm not there" the first time I saw it? I don't know. I haven't been listening because I've been on hold, and I didn't want to be the guy who like pops on the show with the audio in the background and the feedback and all of that. So I miss Todd Haynes, but I'll listen tomorrow. No, you're a class act. You're a class act, Derek. Well, and if I want to be even more of a class act, I have to give a big special thanks to AP Mike, Pat, Duo, Martine, Jeff T. Owens, all the people behind the scenes that make the best show so great. Amy Goss Chalk. Yeah, it, it, I just like ran down five dudes and there were no... There were no women in there, and then you Barky Pop. You corrected, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. I appreciate everybody that helps with the show. It's a gift. I'm blessed by a lot of great people working on the show. They're 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 excellent. So what what do you got for me, Chief? Okay, so I. Uh... I've been listening to the show for a long time, 
and I see topics come and go, and I rarely have anything for them. But the topic tonight, I was like, oh, I have something for this. So it got me kind of excited to call in and to tell a story. Yes, let's hear it. Okay, so anyway, uh, I grew up in a cultural wasteland of West Texas. Back in the, okay. I was born well in the 70s. Let's put it that way. So anyway, I was uh, a kid who was always on the lookout for things that were, uh, you know, um, beyond the pale, a little radical, a little amazing, um, especially when it came to music. And by like the late 70s, I was into Kiss and Alice Cooper and Blue Oyster Cult and things like that. But I was always looking for the next thing. Anyway, I was at a movie theater in probably 1977, and I saw a poster outside, and uh, it had a Star Wars on it. No, it was it had a skeleton on it, and it had like this atomic green at the bottom and like space above it, and then a, this weird writing on it, and I read it. And it said the Grateful Dead movie. Oh yeah. And um, and I was like, I need to see this. This looks amazing because the images were what I was looking for mm-hmm. at that point in my life. And so, go forward like a week. I went back to the movie theater. I bought a ticket, probably to like the Shaggy DA or the apple dumpling gang or something like that and i snuck into the grateful dead movie because i think it was rated r i don't know why it even showed up in the town i lived in and uh, i was expecting to have this mind-blowing experience and to see something that like was a step beyond anything i experienced before mm-hmm. as far as you know terrible music well, well, I didn't know. I had no idea what they sounded like. I lived seriously. I lived in a yeah. No, but at that point, at that point, you know songs like "The Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round," and then you're just like, "Wait, this is what adult music sounds like." I think I'll stay a well, kid. Well, no. So I, so I, I sneak into the theater in the middle mm-hmm. of the day. I ride my bike to the theater, buy my ticket, sneak into it sneak into the movie and sit down. There's nobody in there because there's nobody in the town I live in that mm-hmm. would go see this garbage. Yeah, there's probably outside and, the theater, uh, there's probably some some hippies with signs saying they need a miracle. And it's like, it's a movie. Just go buy the ticket. We didn't even, I need a we miracle, didn't even man. I town. need a miracle. It's $2 to buy a ticket to the movie. Uh, I need a miracle. So anyway, the, the, the movie starts... And I need a miracle, which would be that their music sounded different. That'd be the miracle I need. Go ahead. So the movie and, starts. And then he, the movie starts, and this is anime. I, this is all from memory. I've never watched this thing since then because I'm so scarred by it. And it was like a, a low-budget electric company ripoff of that, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, that pinball sequence. And it went on and on, and there was this horrible music playing in the background. 
And, and so I gave it a pass for a while because I thought, well, this is just the buildup to the amazing thing that I'm going to see with all the skulls and the skeletons and the space yeah. and the, mm-hmm. the psychedelic thing that I was searching for that I had no mm-hmm. idea really existed. Yeah, and it didn't show and up, then, did it? Well, well, no. So anyway, the sequence went on and on and on and like painfully long, and then it cut to this scene of the band playing in a probably a theater or something like that. And um, the music just got worse. And then I saw who these people were. And then I saw this guy playing a bass with like a Sherling seatbelt cover over his bass strap. And it was, it just kept getting worse and worse. And then they cut to like these horrible, hairy people. Yeah, that's Phil. That's Phil Lesh. That's Phil. You were in the Phil zone, my friend. Oh, yeah. And it, um, so here I am sitting here in an empty movie theater in the middle of the day in the hot summer in Texas. And, a movie I had snuck into, I had to walk out of. Yeah, you had to sneak out. You literally are the first person you you said I'm out. You you and then you snuck out of the movie that you you pulled off the ultimate like heist to get in on that thing, and then you're just like, yeah, I don't want to be here actually. Yeah, and I went out the back. You know, when you go around the screen to the fire exits to go mm-hmm. out the back yeah. door. You know, yeah. I went out the back door, and it was midday in the desert, essentially, and the sun, and I had five miles to ride home, and I, I remember riding home from this on my bicycle and just being so disappointed in life and everything that, like, imagery and people promise to you, Mm -hmm. I expected this awesome thing and I've never been so lit down in my life. And here I am 40 some odd years later. And you're still haunted by it. You're still haunted by it. I have have a chip on my shoulder about this today, still today. Well, I'm going to sing a song for you that'll hopefully make you feel a little better about things. You ready? I don't don't know. Just listen, just listen and enjoy. I have one more thing after you're done, though. Come here, Uncle John's band, and launch them into space. Take their instruments, throw them in the lake. (laughs) That's, go ahead, what do you want to say? Oh, I don't even, oh, so I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't like being manipulated emotionally. It's a kind of a personal thing, but I'm a huge fan of the Velvet Underground and I love them more now than I've ever loved them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been thinking, should I watch the Velvet Underground documentary? Am I going to get angry watching this? No. And then no, I saw not. Todd Did you watch it? Did you watch it? Tonight. No, I haven't yet. Because I don't, I don't want to get, I don't, I, hey, the, the hey. Grateful Dead ruined me for knuckle, knucklehead, hey, knucklehead, no, 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 uh, 
No, no personal attack meant by this, but you're being a knucklehead right now. Tom's telling you, Tom's telling you to check it out. I think I got, you don't think I got fears. You don't think I got fears about this movie when it was coming out. You don't think I'm walking around with fears. Hey, I am. I'm, I'm scared to death to watch this thing. Because they're the best. Just watch it. All right. You you might have, you got to, you got to toughen up on this one, chief. You got to toughen up on this one, chief. You can do it. Okay. You can do it. No, it's it's amazing. I mean, what do you think I'm talking about here? You think I got a piece of the movie or something? I'm promoting this thing. I'm making nickel. No, I've no, lost money on this. I've seen that. it so many. I spent hey. so much money on this movie now. It's ridiculous. I don't think that at all. But I, I don't, I don't want to. I don't. I'm scared. Then don't I'm, I'm see scared. it. Then don't see it. No, I'll then go. Don't. I'll, I will see then it. Don't. I, I no, 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 it. no. No, it's too late. You can't. We're taking it away. For I just talked to Todd Haynes. He said you can't see it. Uh, now you uh, repeat after me. What's your name again? Brandon? What is it? Derek. Derek? Derek. Derek, yeah, you repeat yeah. after me. You ready? Okay. I raise my I, hand. I, Derek. I, Derek Milner. Am forbidden. Oh, Jesus. Am forbidden. From seeing the Velvet Underground documentary. From seeing the Velvet Underground documentary. Until I toughen up a little bit. I'm going to allow you to see it. I'm going to allow you to see it. I want to, but I don't want to. I don't, I don't get it. I, I think it all goes back to the Grateful Dead movie. I got, no, you got to get past that. The Grateful Dead are the arch enemy of Velvet Underground. Yeah. I just want to kick Phil Lesh in the teeth. Well, that'll get you thrown right out of the Phil zone. You do that. (laughs) <laughs> all right come so I should... here uncle john's band and launch them into space i got one Go i ahead. got one question for you what Go ahead what is it what's it like doing the show at 6 p.m it's different that's i gotta say this brandon that is an amazing question and i appreciate it it's it's very different that's very weird, different. It's weird. Cause isn't I, it? cause I work, cause I work. And then I go right into the show. Usually I had some cool down time. So you eat some dinner and get my head straight. Now I got a boogie on this thing right as soon as the show starts. And it's still light outside. It still is light outside, but you know what That's I say weird. to that? Well, I'm beginning to see the light. <laughs> Oh, yeah. How does it feel? Right? You ever cry? <laughs> what do you ever cry when you listen to Bell Underground? You ever cry when you listen yeah. to Bell Underground? All the time. Like what songs now make you cry? Ever. I'll tell you what songs make uh, me cry. You say one and then I'll say one. I'll go first. I'll go first. Rock Jesus makes me cry. Uh, you know that gift. song? The Gift. You know that song, Jesus? Uh, no, I'm a big fan. Me. You're so big worried fan. about this thing. You can't. They got four albums, dude. You're not even sure of the song Jesus. Now you de- now about, you can't see uh, the movie again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Come on. 
Jesus, help me find my proper place. Right? You know that song? Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Um, Now you can see the movie again. I can. Yes, you can. I... Uh, it just it, it makes me nervous, but I will watch it. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Okay. Well, and you have a great night. You too. Thank you, Tom. Good guy. Good guy. Come here, Uncle John's pants, and launch them into space. Take their instruments from their hands. And throw them in the lake. <laughs> throw them Mike, in his face. Throw them in their face. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to tell me which of these is your favorite band? Bobby and the Midnights, <laughs> Phil and Friends, the other ones, or, um, Mickey Mickey Hart's Pornapalooza, his adult, <laughs> his his tribute, his his uh, percussive tribute to adult cinema. Yeah, no, I did not pursue any of those projects. You didn't like Rat Dog? No, I was off you the bus, like, as they say. You didn't like Phil and Friends? I saw them once. Somebody else uh-huh. bought the tickets. Yeah, that was a one and done deal. Okay. I guess the most remarkable thing about that it was at the Beacon Theater, mm-hmm. and I guess uh, I guess the they paid off theater staff uh, because you couldn't even smoke cigarettes in a building. But mm-hmm. that night it was like, hey, let's everybody smoke a joint in this theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was getting contact high. Yeah, I like it. I like the Grateful Dead now. Hey, I think Actually, Sister... I don't like the Grateful Dead. I like all the projects except the Grateful Dead. I think Sister I like, Ray like has a little, more, a little more in common with the Grateful Dead than you're, you'd care to admit. Mike, you don't think I understand the idea of jamming out on a thing? <laughs> no, I do. But holding one, like they're holding a thing down. I don't know. I understand the idea of hitting the groove, but the Grateful Dead, they, they, they ain't hitting no quality grooves. I'll say this. When I saw this Velvet Underground movie, first I, first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, you know, the whole thing with f- people fighting against New York versus L.A. and the hippie movement and stuff. I was like, yeah, you know, I get it. But I'm kind of like, I get it. But I also feel like yeah, you got to get past that stuff. Ancient history. But you know what? Most recent time I saw the movie. I said, you know what? They're 100% right. And they're fighting the right fight in 2021. They're still fighting the right fight on that. Never <laughs> give in to the hippies. You never give in. Today? Where are the hippies now? Yeah. They've know. aged out, man. They aged out. What, what, what are you <laughs> talking to Captain America here? Or is this they're easy going rider? to see Dead and Company. They're going to see Dead and Company. Dead and Company. Who's in that now? John Mayer? Yeah. Everybody but Phil. What's wrong? Jason Mraz was busy. <laughs> so what's Phil up to these days? 
He does his own thing. Like Phil and Friends? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And which one sucks the most? <laughs> well, I have seen both of them. I would say Phil and Friends sucks the most because Phil is required to sing more than the, the uh, token Phil song. Which Box of Rain, the classic. <laughs> but uh, I like that. So, yeah, I like that song. Yeah, it is. It's a good song. It's a nice but, song. Um, yeah, any anything that requires more singing from Phil can't be a good thing. Why? Because he's got a he doesn't have a great voice. <laughs> None of them had had great voices. I've conceded no, I, I that many, that. I many times. That. <laughs> Jerry's, Jerry should have been the third singer in the band with that voice. And look, his voice is very heartfelt and emotional i'm not going to deny any of that there's a lot of there's a lot of life behind jerry's voice and yeah. a lot of a lot of you you get the idea there's a there's a there's a, a a bright light there is that fair to say yeah and you listen to these other guys yikes i wouldn't go to a karaoke bar with them <laughs> i'd complain if i was at a karaoke bar and somebody got up and was like oh good good loving Good loving. <laughs> Said yeah, 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 yeah. Another call, please. Hello, Besha. How you doing, Tom? Thanks for taking my call tonight. I'm doing good. To whom am I speaking? This is Joseph from Manhattan. Joseph, do you think Todd Haynes accepted my apology about me not understanding the movie, me not getting the movie, I'm not there, and then now oh, getting yeah. it. Oh, yeah, Water Under the Bridge. You were kind enough about his latest film. I think you're more than fine about it. I think so. I think I made up for my enthusiasm for this movie. I think so. so what's too. up? Buddy? I mean, I think you've uh, sold a lot of people on wanting to go see it, myself included. Did you see You didn't see it yet? No, I've not seen it yet, but I really want to. Maybe uh, in the next week or so. Yeah, man. Check it out. I saw it in the theater twice. I saw it in the theater twice. Second time I saw it, I was bawling my eyes out like a baby. I'm not quite at the theaters yet, but I I hear that the sound is pretty cool for it in the theater. Oh, my God. It sounds so good. You see it in the theater, you won't regret it. Hmm. What's the best Velvet Underground song? Uh, I like, uh, Candy Says. Hmm. It's a good choice. What about Lisa Says? You like that one? I do like Lisa Says. Another great Says uh, song. What about Stephanie Says? You like that one? I do. That one's very gentle. What about we're gonna have a real good time together? You like that one? I do like I do like that one, but not as much as the says songs. You know what my favorite song is that's not like a hit of theirs? Uh what would it's it called be? Ocean. Ah, uh, from uh from Loaded? From Loaded, but they worked on it on third also. Yeah, it's hovering there, but then he put it on the first solo album, I believe. Right. It was, it was not officially unloaded. So what do you got for me, Chief? You got something for the topic? I do have something for the topic. I have a short show report first, and I have something for the topic as well. Okay, what's the short show report? 
I went to go see the Monkeys Farewell Tour on Sunday night mm-hmm. at Town Hall. The Mike and Mickey Oh, my show. goodness. How was that? Uh, it was incredible. They, uh, they sounded great. Mickey sounds amazing. Uh, he sounds That's so cool. Maybe maybe 80% of the, ra- like 90% of the range he had on the records. And, uh, okay. most of the, no- most of the notes he could still hit just might take him a second longer. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike is, was almost like playing this character. It was like a cross between like the Godfather and David Byrne. Cause he had this white suit with a red flower and a black shirt, but the suit was bigger. Like like uh, it's a it was the suit was was uh, too big on him, and he was doing okay. the strangest gestures, but they were awesome. And uh, he was really just playing into the lyrics. And if there was like something funny in the lyric, he would laugh to himself. It, it was really awesome. They were great. And uh, I saw them the last go around with Mike and Mickey, and they did pretty much a similar set list, but it was just better this time. I don't know why. Uh, maybe because it's farewell. But mm-hmm. yeah. What was the best surprise in the set? Huh, best surprise. That's a good question. Uh, I like when we did stuff off of the latest record, Good Times. I like when they did St. Matthew, though. They did that last time, too, but St. Matthew was uh, was cool to hear since it's not necessarily a hit. But uh, Did they do Me and Magdalena? Yes, they did. That's so beautiful. Ben Gibbard wrote that song. Yeah, I think they did three songs off of Good Times. But yeah, they gave plenty of praise to Ben Gibbard and uh, and Magdalena. Oh my God, that's so cool. That's so beautiful. That's amazing that Ben did that. He's such a he's a good friend and a good guy. And it's so it's so cool that he got to write a song that the actual monkeys sang. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can't. uh, I mean, that's. that has to be and, just, uh, and it's like a classic too he wrote a song that is in line with what the monkeys do but modern but in the spirit of it, it, he didn't write like a fake 60s song no 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 he could have uh i know what you mean but yeah he did not mm-hmm. yeah like when they play uh you know faux stock music over a documentary or something did they do um come here uncle john's band and launch them <laughs> into space. No, Pull the instruments from their hands and hit them in the face. They refrained from that one that night. Or did they do the one that Ringo Starr? Remember when Ringo Starr was in The Grateful Dead? <laughs> and he did Sweet Magnolia Mountain, wearing me brand new blue jeans. <laughs> This made my night hearing uh, the Ringo Grateful Dead song. Oh, thank you. You're very kind. What's your name again? Joseph from Manhattan. Joseph. How, uh, Joseph, now, did they do Going Down? They did, and Mickey sounded great he, during, the, uh, during the solo. He's, he sounded awesome. Going Down with Saturday Liver, and I knew it couldn't live. That's such a great song. They're so good. I'm going to be so sad. I better see that when it's out here. It's going on. I mean, I thought it was only going on through the end of this year, but I mean. Now they're doing a cruise or something? Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was just going to be Mickey under the name, the monkey, but but Mike's uh, in it. I was, I think Mike. I'm supposed uh, to, can you imagine? Look, I would love to see the monkeys anywhere, any way, anyhow. 
I got to go on some bleeping cruise ship, some Mike Love cruise ship. <laughs> Put your MAGA hat on. Because here come the beach ball. Boy, I got to think of Don Jr. is probably playing congas. He's probably in the John Stamos slot, right? Yeah. I went, I went a couple years ago to see the Mike and Bruce Beach Boys. I was having a great time until he just whipped out this horrible, stupid, I mean, of course, stupid AOC joke out of nowhere. And it just, he was on Long Island, so I'm sure the rest of the crowd, you know, or some of the crowd majority really liked it. But it just kind of ruined the show for me. That guy sucks. Mike Love. Whatever. God bless him. He still wrote more Beach Boys songs than I did. <laughs> yeah, he'll take so, the court over it too. Yeah. So what's uh, well, what's what's going on, Chief? You got anything for me? I do have something for the topic of uh, I'm out of here. It was from 2004 when I was uh, 23 years old, a younger and angrier young man who would. Uh, you know, one of those that would just always yell sell out at the first opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. I had tickets to go see John Fogarty at the Beacon Theater. It was, I think he was on the tour for the Deja Vu All Over Again album. Okay. And it started off with this uh, this movie showing clips of John Fogarty as some of these shows, you know, do for these artists. And, uh, you know, and started showing stock footage of stuff from the 60s, typical Vietnam stuff. And afterwards, they would insert like a picture of John Fogarty in his service uniform, which he was in the reserves, but he never, he wasn't in Vietnam. All right, take it, take it, take it, what, 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 did you serve? No, I said I was younger and much angrier back then. But you got to let the guy, the guy was in the reserves, whatever. He still put himself potentially in the line of whatever. I can't get on no one in the reserves. No, I thought the uh, topic. Take it easy, yeah. Lieutenant Dan. Well, he didn't serve either. But uh, no, I yes, he did. Was, uh, he was like, where do you think they called him Lieutenant? I was being a bit too literal, thinking of Gary Sinise, I guess. Yeah, well, Gary Sinise did. As, as far as I know, Gary Sinise did not serve. Yeah, but he uh, sure likes to support the cause. But. Um, no, this was a thing where it was, uh, I walked out of something. There was, there was some other stuff too, but it was one of those, it was, I'm out of here, but then you get to say if you are right or wrong about it. Um, just, to, you know, to get ahead of myself. I was wrong about all this. But you were wrong uh, walking out of the John Fogarty show. Oh, yeah. Then uh, one of the other things that bugged me, uh, he was talking about uh, doing the, uh, the single from title track from Deja Vu all over again. And uh, mm. said, uh, this is from my new album, and that's my sort of way of saying I have a new album, and they told me to say that over at Record Company Syndicate, you know, to polite applause and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, younger, anger in me, me at that point just thought, like, ah, this guy's phony. He's annoying. He's, uh, he's just phony mm-hmm. and whatever, and I walked out and uh, gave my ticket to someone on, that was, you know, hoping that somebody intermission would leave who then mm-hmm. insulted me after I gave him the ticket, which, you know, I could see their point of view from that side, but also from courtesy. That kind of sucked. Uh, no, you give a ticket to somebody and then they insult you? What did they say? 
they said, uh, it was like, wait, wait, you walked out of Fogarty? And they're like, oh, he's too young. He doesn't get it. Which, uh, yeah, you, know, you should have said, you know who else doesn't get it? You with my ticket and then taking it back. You should have eaten the ticket right in front of him. I really, I, I, I think about that from time to time. I wish I did. It went, <laughs> I That's what I would have done. Show. That's what, if I had a time machine, I'd, I'd take you back and make you eat that ticket in front of the guy. That would be, uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, I would love yeah, that. Yeah, you but know who that. else doesn't get it? You. Give me that. And you take it, you go. And then you go, yeah, looks like uh, looks like dinner time for uh, for a, a youngster like myself. And then you just eat the ticket in front of them. And then you start choking on the ticket. You're like, water. <laughs> yeah, to the uh, last strains of uh, Green River. Bow, now, now, now. No, 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 no. Right? It's a great right. riff. Uh, actually, so you think when you happen. saw him, how many songs did he do that were like old Credence songs? Oh, I think the only ones I remember him doing were the old Creedence. I don't know. He did Deja Vu all over again, but he did mostly Credence songs. I think he did. I think I actually did hear him do Green River. No, you um, must have been crabby. You must have been in a crabby mood then. Because he's showing up, he's doing Creedence songs, and you're still just like, nah, I don't like the way he talks between songs. I'm out of here. Yeah, years later, Tom, I did, I know, I've seen him twice since as a more mature human being, and just, you know, and he could still be as, you know, cheesy or whatever, but it's a real fun show. I went a couple years Mm -hmm. ago at Radio City, and uh, Mm -hmm. there's something, you know, to hearing that voice in really good form still doing, uh, looking out my back door, and, you know, those songs, you know, forever. And, uh, you know, so I got over there. (laughs) I got Mm -hmm. over the age where I would yell phony and sell out every two seconds or something, and I'm glad about that. But that was my I'm glad. Well, that's, that's, like the band said, I guess this is growing up. Right? Uh, yeah. You're going to walk out of one of their shows next? I'm not even going into one of those. No. It's your loss. Well, I'll thank you for the call, off. my friend. Thanks, Tom. Have a good night. Thanks for taking my call. You have a, you have a great night. Okay, bye-bye. Goodbye. Pat, what do you think? Did it sound like that Todd Todd Haynes forgave me for not liking I'm not there when I first saw it? Yeah, but I didn't think you didn't need to I don't I don't think you needed to bring it up. Did no. you feel that guilty from seeing it yeah, recently? Cuz I, I ripped it on the best show, so I felt Oh, like I felt like I got to set the record straight. FMU days. I don't even remember that. Yeah. What was your uh problem with it, Tom? I don't remember uh, either. I remember not liking it, and then I watched it again and I was like Oh, I get it. Uh-huh. And I was just like, okay, now I see what he's going for with it. For some reason, I was so I was hung up on certain things that I was not hung up on when I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. I, w- I will say that it sounded like he knew of you ripping on it, and you could hear that he did forgive you. But he knew that you did it. You think so? Yeah, it sounded like it. Oh, that's going to keep me up at night. No, no. He, he In that moment, he forgave you. I don't think he would have come on the show if he hadn't forgiven you. I saw that movie in theaters when it came out. I saw it at the film forum. Mm-hmm. And it was great. 
and it was it was like a lot it was intense and it was hard to mm. like grasp even on yeah. the first watch live you know but my memory of seeing that film i've only ever seen it once and it's just like mm -hmm. it's really incredible filmmaking just from having even as a memory even having like that first watch kind of taking it all in uh mm -hmm. don't know what to make of it kind of confusion it's my memory of it is is sounder than like i have of a lot of other movies if that makes sense i get you did you see it mike yeah i actually saw it at the uh, film forum as well oh wow. um i haven't watched it recently actually since then either but i enjoyed the the soundtrack i have the soundtrack there's some nice uh cover versions on there yeah that was a really great soundtrack all right take it easy randall poster <laughs> got a... <laughs> um it's talking about the soundtrack here like a like uh yeah it was a like great a... it was a it was a it was a good moment in, in uh indie rock yeah going alcapulco by jim james you know what's exciting on the soundtrack is my favorite is uh uh you gotta serve somebody by john hinckley <laughs> he's a pretty uh -huh. <laughs> he's a dylan fan that guy sucks <laughs> and i want him nowhere near the best show okay. you do that on your own. all right on your own i'll never mention your name to nah, him nah, again no nah, no nah, you get him on you talk about you talk about me all day long i don't care uh -huh. just the first one first of all i don't want him coming after me Secondly. what if i start looking I guess I, I haven't looked yet, but uh, how about some of the ha the hair metal guys on Twitter? You want to go and get that, Mike? Go yeah. for it. I would be uh -huh. into that. You, you'd be you into wanna, that? Yeah, you want to get Dave Snake Sabo to call in or... George Lynch? George Lynch or Rachel no, Bolin? <laughs> I just don't... I do not think George Lynch would, would be happy to get on. <laughs> He's such a hard ass in that book. Such a hard ass. And, and you look at the picture of him in there. And he's got this little hairdo, you know, like two tones. And I'm like, really? This is a hard guy? Yeah, I laugh when I saw that picture. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's there. Lynch rocks. You got any calls, Pat? We got tree. Let's do these three and then I'm gonna I'm gonna wind it down. Show. Hello, hi, best show. Hey, Tom. Hey, to whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Jim in North Carolina. How are you, Jim? What part of North Carolina are you in? Uh, the Raleigh area. Ah, the Triangle. Yes. How's that treating you? It's not bad. Um, I saw you guys when you came down here, um, Sharply and Worcester. Yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun show. Yeah, it was a great show. I loved it. Thank you. And I had the. You, I, got, I got your book too. Thank you, Jim. The best-selling book. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. What else you got? What do you got for the show tonight? What do you got? You got something for the topic, Jim? Yeah, but I got something for the topic. Let's hear it. So I guess a few years ago, I was on on a long haul trip. Well, not a long haul, not a trucker, but you know, I was driving um, through Georgia. I was in the middle of nowhere and 
I was trying to listen to music on, you know, on my phone, on Spotify or whatever, and I was listening, trying to find something on the radio. And I came across some music that I hadn't heard before, I wasn't familiar with, and it sounded like a very, like, if you're at a, like, if you have, like, an open mic at a, at a crummy bar, and the band, and there's a band playing, there's, there's like, some dads playing, maybe, it's not very good, and I didn't, uh, I, it was probably some of the worst music I've ever heard in my life, to be perfectly honest, I, I listen to a lot of music, I listen to a lot of different styles, I try to be open-minded, but this was just something that was just, it was too much for me. And, and I just had to sit and listen and wait for the DJ to come back on to, like, you know, say, like, what that was. I waited for the song to end, and the DJ finally came back, and they said, and that was The Grateful Dead. And I had never heard uh -huh. The Grateful Dead before. And I was like, Then when wow, you heard that, what were you like? like? Yeah, and it's like, wait, yeah. that's what The Grateful Dead sound like? That's how I felt, too. No, we both know they stink. That's how it goes. Anything else, my friend? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Oh, I like it. That was a good call. You call anytime you. you want. All right. Thank you, Tom. Okay. All right. Love bye, bye. Let's get another one, please. Best show, hi. Ahoy, Captain Tom. Ahoy. I got to make a documentary at some point. I think you should. What about, though? I don't know. I don't know. Like, who, we'll uh, who's underserved? Who need, what do you need to shine a light on? That's the thing, right? Yeah, I don't know. What are, what are you the only guy who can do it? You know, like, what's your calling? Foo Fighters. I mean, <laughs> what kind of a, I mean, that'd be a real uh, snake eating its tail situation where you've got, where you can have a Foo Fighters documentary where part of it is, is just footage of Dave Grohl on other documentaries. Oh, no, I'll just get Dave Grohl. This is what, oh my God, this is what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to get Dave Grohl for my Foo Fighters documentary, and we're just going to get him to talk about Foo Fighters as if he's not in the Foo Fighters. <laughs> You're like, yeah, so Foo Fighters are really to important to you? You like the Foo Fighters? And then he'll be like, he'll be like, um, are you kidding? I effing love the Foo Fighters. Where the F would I be without the Foo Fighters? I read, I wrote a fan letter to Ian McKay when I was a kid in Washington D.C. and he told me about the Foo Fighters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You kidding? Foo Fighters changed the, my my opinion of music. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if it wasn't for the F and Foo Fighters. What people That's... don't realize is that uh, is that the uh, the drummer from Nirvana is actually the guy in the Foo Fighters. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that. 
I think that's kind of a mystery to a lot of people is that the drummer from Nirvana, that's right, smells like teen spirit and all that. And you know that guy you don't know his face because his hair is always in his face? Yeah. Not that guy became the guy in the Foo Fighters. He's always too busy hitting the drums too hard. Badepo, badepo, badepo. <laughs> That's the best part of that song. Anybody says anything about Smells Like Teen Spirit? Only good part of that song. Badepo, badepo, badepo. Yeah. It's like a lawnmower starting. Wow. Yeah. So what do you got for me, Chief? Uh well, it's um oh first I want to say that the the the, the use of the song Ocean in the Velvet Underground documentary oh, Don't even you're they, making me cry right now. If you start talking about I that, know, I'll cry I, right I, now. I, I've literally tears in my eyes every time all by myself. It's uh, it's just astounding. It's like, and I had forgotten all about that song, and it's just so perfect to that whole sequence. I saw, I saw in a theater the other day. I went a second time to see it in the theater, and I'll see it a third time. I'm going to go see it a third time. It's not playing. It means that much to me. Really What's that? Playing. It's not playing in my city. I've had to watch it on my TV every time, and I hate it that I can't. When I saw the theater. First of all, you see in the theater and that viola starts. It's like, and it's in separate. It's the sound separation is perfect. And then you're just like, yeah, this is worth seeing it in theater right off the bat. Boom. That ocean. Yeah. When it starts, when ocean's playing and then it shows the rapid fire imagery of all the stuff. And then it ends after watching Lou Reed for two hours, look so young. After watching him be so young, and then you see his his old face at the end of his life. Oh, that one black and, and white photo. A uh, black and white photo. I started crying my eyes out. Uh, and they, uh, they I got too much. I got too much it? association with this. I don't want to talk about it necessarily. It's it's in the book, as they say. You know what I mean? It's I, in the I book. Know. I know it's, uh, it's in it my best selling book. It never ends. It's in there. But trust me, I, I feel a connection that is hard for me to uh, express sometimes for that, for what, what he represents. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the important thing is that you did it and people can read it, you know? No, you can make it, they can draw those connections. And you don't even have mm-hmm. to. So tell me what's up. What do you got for the topic? Uh, I walked out on. Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, mm-hmm. the Edgar Wright movie. And I, yeah. I got nothing against the filmmakers, the actors, whatever. I think that the story, I think the time that it came out, it's just, I feel like it's one of the most toxic things that I've ever seen that a young person should never watch. It's, yeah, it's that just, movie, that's maybe one of the most aggressively unlikable characters, right? Look, yeah, the comic is the comics all well and good. I enjoyed everything I, I read. I didn't read all of them, but I read a bunch and I liked it. I, I like the, the I like a, aspects of that movie. It's colorful and and it has all sorts of fun graphics and stuff. But man, that that ain't that ain't for that ain't for old Tom. That ain't for old. No, Tom. me either. He starts he's dating a high school girl, and everybody's just kind of rolling their eyes, like, well, whatever. And the way that she is portrayed, and then 
the whole thing is about him dealing with the ex-boyfriends of this other uh, uh, girl that he's trying to be with, and it's all about it's all about everybody fighting over something like it's an object for them to possess, and it, the whole thing creeped me out so much that I, I, I left midway through, like, the second act. I was like, this is what the movie is? I can't even... It went from bad to worse. And did you say, I'm out of here? I mean, I didn't, I'm polite <laughs> in the movie-going experience, but that was, I mean, that was, the, that was in my head. I was like, can't that's what I would have said. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm with, I get it, buddy. I get it. All right. You All have right. a great night. Yeah. Uh, old, old Butterscotch signing off. Old Butterscotch, good night. Good night. Yeah, come the ways. Okay. Final call, right? Um, there was a final call. I think they hung up. I could Ooh, I can wow. uh, I'm gonna take the block off just in case that No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, Pat. I'm good. Give them thirty seconds. Pat. They're I'm already good. calling. You wanna do it quick? Sure. Final call. Final call. Best show, hi. Howdy, how you doing? This is this is Jonathan here. I'm just calling in, uh, long-time listener. <laughs> I, I want to call in about the topic there. I'm, I'm out of here. What do you got for me, Jonathan? Well, this is an interesting one. So this is, uh, by the way, thanks for letting me call in. I love this show. Uh, I call from San Diego. Uh, anyway, I was living in London for years, and uh, my missus used to always make fun of my uh, taste in movies the artsy-fartsy stuff. So I was all excited to take you to the cinema down that South Bank, and uh, there was a movie playing called My Winnipeg. <laughs> and, uh, ah, the master. Do you... <laughs> have you indulged in this... In this? Yeah, uh, I've seen that movie two or three times. I love it. Yeah, you see? So I was caught in the conundrum here. Of the Guy Madden or Guy Madden? How do people say it? Oh, you know, I'm not sure. I know it's Madden, and I know I remember the year, oddly enough. But uh, I, I never said his it. name out loud. Anybody, somebody on Twitter, please tell me so I don't keep sounding dumb in my life. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I mean, I love the movie, but the walkout that happened, that was when my compromise happened with my lady. Um, she said I kept stroking my chin as if I was uh, indulging in the film, which I was. Um, that wasn't the first walkout with her, but, uh, yeah, so we ended up kind of sneaking out me with my tail between my legs, but we're still together. And she, uh, when I indulge in these things, she lets me do them on my own. (laughs) So you have seen it twice. You find the balance, you find the balance. Yeah. And, and, uh, I just, I also wanted to say thanks for, uh, that beautiful book you wrote and, uh, you did do it. Uh, do it all justice. I, I uh, indulge. Say USOB. You could call me. Say USOB. You did it. Yeah, USOB. You did it. There you go. Well, you <laughs> said there's a little bit of an edge to that. Um, hey, no, you did it. USOB. There it is. That's it. It's a little fun. Just say, make sure you got a little little fun in your voice when you say that. Yes, sir. No, thanks for letting me call in and uh, really enjoy course, you guys' buddy. show for of, years. Of, you guys are the best. Of course, you call back anytime you want, buddy. Thank you so much. Okay. You have a great night. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Nice call. Nice call. Nice guy. Nice way to go out. Yeah, so that was a fun episode. 
Hey, Tom. Yeah, what's that? Can I plug something real fast? Oh, we ran out of time. I'm so oh, sorry. Okay, I get it. It's fine. I'm so sorry. I do it, want no. to talk though. No, 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 no. Seriously, no, I get I wish, it. I, no, no. I wish. I wish I could. I need to just let yeah. me just say one thing though. Yeah. Um, there's a movie called The Spine of Night, and it comes out this Friday. Mm-hmm. And I know a guy who did a voice on this thing. You do. Yeah. You do. And it's exciting. Yeah. That their movie is finally coming out, and this guy. His name is Jason Go. Oh wait, this is you. This is oh, me. Okay. This yeah, you're reading that for me. So you did a voice for it's a, a voice, right? Yeah, yeah. I voiced a character, and Kristen voiced a, a character as well in the movie. And it is a rotoscope fantasy horror film, kind of like uh, you know, like heavy metal mm-hmm. or like the Ralph Bakshi mo- movies, that type of thing. Um, and yeah. like Patton Oswalt's in it, and Richard E. Grant. And Lucy Lawless, and it uh, comes out on Friday, and it's uh, it's an old friend from I grew up with this guy. Mm-hmm. You may you may have seen. Do you remember the video from Mongrel a very long time ago? Mongrel, Mongrel, Mongrel. Yes, that one. <laughs> yes, exactly. In your that. head, in your head, Mongrel. No, what is that? What's Mongrel now? It was a, one of those rotoscope uh, type films. I think the Gregory brothers showed it to you like long before you and I, then I definitely, yeah. Even, even met. um, Yeah. So he's actually in the movie too, but I don't, I don't voice him this time. The the character. Yeah. Joe Manganiello or however you, however you pronounce it. I'm pronouncing it probably wrong. Mike, how how do you pronounce that? He he doesn't, he knows. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that one. Okay. Yeah. I'm stumped. Okay. But he does, he voices, he voices the character mongrel in the movie. Cool. All I'm trying to say is it's a fun movie. It's very like psychedelic and weird. Uh, and it's in theaters on Friday. That's very cool. Congratulations. Very Thank exciting. You. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. And and you're going to have a lot of free time on your hands with no cheers. I, I know. Uh, so you can watch, <laughs> you can watch uh, the spine of night over and over. Over and over. Congrats, when I'm not Jeff. watching Rockford Files. Yeah. On Pluto. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, congratulations, studio. Thank you. And I say to you all, thank you for listening to the best show. We will be back next week. And uh, I've got a fun one in the chamber for next week. So come on back. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.